When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined as always on this fine Thursday afternoon by Aaron Larsoul. He of all access Lakers. He of the Lakers. He of the Darren Collison pitch meeting. He of, <laughs> of uh, <laughs> we've started this already. Okay. Do I get credit for Spencer Dinwiddie then? No, I, I think that's what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to okay. see if I could like knock you off your feet with introductions here like uh, every th- right, every Thursday. Fair. All right, I like um, it. He of Super Bowl uh, viral videos where he was knocking out his TV over the weekend. Um, that one, you didn't like that one as much? <laughs> I don't know if my like low guttural grunting <laughs> slash sighing is coming across for our <laughs> podcast listeners for the audio audience, but... <sighs> <laughs> Are you uh so last night on All Access Lakers mm-hmm. for those of you who um who haven't tuned in yet you really should it's a really fun yeah, show fun. that I do with Shub and with Rome and with Raj and occasionally with Aaron mm-hmm. and uh in yesterday's show I asked you if you were during the game by the way during the game yeah during the game yeah yeah during, I, I'm during not the all, game. I'm not often there on game prog- broadcasts when I can I do home games I'm not cuz I'm at the game on road games yeah. I try to when I can um, and I saw that y'all were having a bunch of fun. You, you and Chubb and Rome were having we a bunch tend of fun. To. And I popped in, and it was fun, and I enjoyed it. And then you referenced today's show here, uh, the Lakers Lounge. Yeah. You referenced today's show, and it. I, I am the creator of the channel. Like own is a weird word, but I'm the creator of the channel. Yeah. Channel All Access Lakers. I am the overseer. That sounds weird too, and like in some weird slavery terms. But I like the creator. So I guess if there was a hierarchy, I am at the top of it. And you said something that removed me from my own channel. <laughs> so I was going to ask. I didn't know if it was just like coincidental, hilarious. I, mean, I needed to actually do something else anyway. when I asked you. About I did. <laughs> I needed to go do something anyway. And I thought for a fact that it would be funny if that was the moment. It was. Yeah. I it thought that would be funny. humorous. But yeah, I did. Uh, you asked me if if today here on uh, on the Lakers Lounge on your show, which I love coming on every week on Thursdays. You asked me if I would be open to talking about our. I would it now would be today. Yesterday you asked uh-huh. me if now Thursday would be the time that I would be willing to and open to and wanting to talk about the unfortunate proceedings on Thursday. Or excuse me on Sunday, and the answer is still no. And if you keep pushing this, 
it is going to be a similar something you similar to last I'll night is going to happen by myself show. again. Correct. <laughs> um, all right. I won't poke and prod too much. But uh that a boy uh will you please read is that grape 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 short whatever that comment is yeah i like that faded on lunch bait getting paid to listen to lock laker talk on a tuesday aaron is as thursday but sure really he's just like like, that's real that's right Um, uh yes yeah no i uh today on the show we are going to be talking uh this is the lakers played their final game before the all-star break yes um, they beat the Utah Jazz yesterday. I thought that was one of my like favorite underrated wins of of the season, right? It's okay. not like as good as beating Boston in Boston, and it wasn't as good as the double overtime game against the Warriors. Um, but it was kind of the one of those those wins that like a good team does rack up. You know, you, you go into Utah second night of a back to back. They got in at like four in the morning the the the, the previous okay. morning. Not like four in the morning. Four in the morning. Uh, gotten there was no LeBron in that right. in that game as well. You take care of business nonetheless. Anthony Davis and put on the a Utah fucking for show. The fact that in... they are, Utah is the Jazz have. Let's see how we're gonna put this. Taking the, their foot off the gas, let's say, but they are still seventeen and eight at home, right? And it's, it's no it's easy one thing to take your foot it. off the gas. They have full on pulled the emergency brake. They oh. are like <laughs> it's like like all right. <laughs> I thought I was. <laughs> they took their foot off the gas. I Danny, thought that, was, that was. I thought that was a good middle ground for. Danny, they don't give Danny a shit saw like saw the way that the, the season was heading. Was like Kelly Olynyk, you know. Um, anyway, so we are. Uh, you know, we we are now reaching kind of the unofficial uh, midway point of this is to um, go find a no I, easy easy. Right. We find a, a I sport hear the end of bar to go I, check out the this... uh, All Star Saturday night. Okay. Like, because she's she's a big basketball fan. She grew okay. up, all right, yeah. uh, or, or at least earlier before I started. You know, before this uh, basketball took me away from her in many ways. Um, she's a big she's basketball, basketball fan. fan. Yeah, now now she likes it a little less because <laughs> it means like the Lakers playing. Oh, that means Anthony's useless for. Are for you sure? Oh, that might be why she likes it more. Uh, no, 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 no. Right. Well, <laughs> now that you have kids, now that you have times kids, managing yeah, okay, yeah, two yeah. children means yeah, she right. hates yeah, the enough, NBA. Yeah, fair. Um, fair. but no, she has maintained this tradition where, uh, on, on Saturday we will go, we'll find a, a little sports bar. We'll find a, a place to go and, and, and sit down and check out all of the oh, festivities from, from Saturday. Saturday night and, and leave, leave, uh, miles and the lovely Avery y'all, they get, they're they're ba- Avery, or, and she's getting her yeah. first opportunity at uh four years old to babysit miles we'll see how yeah, it goes. Just, just, hey, what what's the worst that could happen <laughs> Callie, you got this that's cute um, though no y'all have you you and wifey have like a, an all-star saturday night date that's cute we've been doing this uh this will be our we've been dating for t- going on 20 years so this is probably wow. like our 18th or 19th Oh, All star cool. weekend that we've okay. watched like that. So okay, that's cool. It's a uh, it's it's a big Jen, deal. Big into the skills competition. I look forward to All Star Weekend every year for that for that reason. That's so cool. I'm, I'm looking okay, forward to cool. it. But it does mean though that at this point in the Lakers season, we can 
look back and we can look ahead. Right. And we can, yep. we can, uh, it's been an interesting season to this point. And I think it's a, um, it's a very interesting from, from here on out. So we're going to be discussing that. Um, a big part of that discussion is going to be this, this new slash old identity that, um, that the Lakers have found uh, despite utilizing it in last year's Western conference finals run. So we'll discuss that and the way that the guys have kind of responded to getting this opportunity together. One of those guys who I think has really picked up his, his, his play recently is Rui. Uh, Rui Hachimura has been really effing good since he got into the starting group. Um, we'll discuss why that has fit the way that it has. And then if there's time here at the end, I think, um, I don't want to spend too, too much time on it, but I think there are aspects of this LeBron Warriors rumor cycle that lasted all of like 12 hours yesterday um, that that I think are are worth, you know, kind of poking and prodding and stuff. So we'll get to that at the end of the show. So uh, a reminder, please hit that subscribe button if you guys are watching live on YouTube. If you are watching on Twitter, you can follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at Lakers Lounge. Um, and that is uh, that is a great way to support the show. It doesn't cost you anything. doesn't take any much more of your time than it would normally. If you are listening to this in audio form, please hit that subscribe button as well, preferably on Odyssey, my current yeah. employer. Um, but yeah, uh, do, do all of those things, and, and let's keep on building this thing together. We picked up 900 subscribers this last 28 days. Um, that we which, like. Excellent. Which is not too shabby. No, um, that's not nothing. It's, uh, it's like it. you know, a lot of it has to do with the trade deadline and the buzz that was going on there and, and me being a quote-unquote insider or whatever. What do you mean quote-unquote? Um, which unquote? Aaron I don't think will ever be used to. Harrison a, for sure is not used to. What do you mean quote-unquote? Quote-unquote. you're an insider. You yeah, broke I, it. You've broken stories. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's hard for me to get used to it too. I consider myself a moron still. No, so. I don't. I, know, I consider you a moron too, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like you being an insider. I'm not used to it, and I don't like it, and it's weird for me. And now I have to be more careful about conversations that you and I have. But um, you are like, yeah. like reality is reality. Yeah. You are, and, um, it's been, and it's been good. It's been you're good at it, and it's been good for your career and for donors for Avery. I appreciate, look, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have kept doing it if not for the support that we have gotten from it. Right? The, the, you know, I, kind of, I kind of go where the audience tells me to go, and they were like, "Hey, we want more information." I said, "All right, here we go." That's what you got to do, brother. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's talk about this uh, the season to this point. Let's look back on the season to this point, and we will discuss um, what we have liked, what we haven't liked. Um, you know, I, I always look at process as an indicator of future results, mm -hmm. and uh, the process to this point has been, we'll call it an experience. You know, I'll say that this <laughs> you're giving it First you're giving it incomplete. The, uh, the the first half of the season has indeed taken place. Um, if the you best had you can to say like... about it, it has <laughs> happened. There has been a like... first 53 games or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to like uh, describe this, you know, if you basically somebody woke up from a coma, big Lakers fan woke up from a coma um, through these first 50 or so games that the Don't Lakers have played and you had to, it was on you. Like mm -hmm. this person wakes up from a coma, how to describe you, Aaron Larsoul and says, Hey, 
What have I missed? How would you uh, how would you sum up the season to this point? Well, the first thing I would ask is why are you coming to me freshly out of a coma? There's probably more important things to do. Yeah, that would be yeah. my first. Yeah, it's uh, kind of weird priorities. Like yeah. you know, you, you you've been in a coma for a few months. You aren't interested in how your family. What, are, doing. what is like, the internet? Tell me about the Lakers. <laughs> what are these things? Cell phones. What is the internet? <laughs> um, I I went I went to sleep and we had just gotten fax machines. Um, so I think, I think, I, I'm not going to say incomplete, but I do think that, I think the best way to describe it, frankly, is up and down, right? There, the highs have been really high. And I think we've learned some things about the team um, and probably long-term prognostication, long-term meaning for the rest of the season prognostications based on that, uh, winning the in-season tournament, uh, this last little stretch. But to your point, um, and to be fair about it, the lows have not been great either. Um, fits and fits and starts maybe is how I would describe it. And look, I've been pretty candid on your show about my disagreement with some of the things that that Darwin has chosen to do. Um, for whatever reason, it seems like air quotes we have arrived at a, at a better place now. Should that have happened earlier? Maybe um, does Darvin have some blind spots? Sure. He's a human and a coach and they're notoriously stubborn. Maybe. Um, I do think the Lakers are in a pretty good place right now. And so I think the best way to describe it is kind of how you did. I don't know why you have me talking to uh, people freshly out of a coma, but like, I would say like, uneven it's not that different starts. from how i felt before we went live like you were talking yeah to me, no, i was like, like are, are you sure worried about you want to do this we went live here. i'm like <laughs> we could do like 20 minutes are you sure you want to do this um yeah i think fits and starts is the best way you know there's been some really good moments and some highs that have made you think what could this team be and where can this team go kind of much like last year i and i to be honest i think the highs of this year previous to the trade deadline are higher than the highs of last year, which makes you think, Hey man, where can this team go? Is this, is this, is it, you know, could this team make a run to another uh, conference finals appearance? And then you're smacked in the face with, with the lows. Um, Bill Parcells uh, famously in the NFL says you are what your record is. And I think at this point we have enough data it's what's a big enough sample size for the Lakers to kind of be what their record is, which is basically a 500 ish team four games over now, but basically, so the highs give me some optimism about where this team could go. If it reaches those heights and it reaches that ceiling, but the lows also give me some pause for, like generally the teams that meet that reach those heights are ones that are more consistently good. The Lakers, the Lakers fastball, the Lakers a game is probably up there with anybody in the league, but unless the Lakers are able to reach their B game, their B plus game more often than they have been so far this season, I'm worried about where it can lead. The only thing that I would say in regards to like the concern about the lows, and it isn't to like cast those lows aside, right? 
Um, Are you but, about to be optimistic, Anthony? What is going well, on? The lows have always felt like... So, obviously, everybody who has followed the show at all um, and knows any of my content at all knows that I'm a dad, right? And um, I just had this conversation the other day with Avery where, um, you know, she she was doing something she shouldn't have been doing and she slipped and she fell and she was crying really, really hard. And, and she was like, like there on the ground. I knew she wasn't hurt, hurt. If she was really hurt, I would have obviously gone over and made more shocked and embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so like, she's like lying on the ground, she's like crying and, and, and she's like, you know, and and she like asked me like, daddy, like daddy, why didn't you come Mm. get me? And I was like, Hey, don't put this on me. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you know, if 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 you do something dumb and something dumb told you happens, you ain't supposed I want to you that. to learn right, from right. doing something dumb, right? And, and play stupid games, um, get stupid prizes. Is that what? It yeah, is? Right. yeah, and, right. And and I feel like the lows that the Lakers have had so far this season have typically been from doing dumb stuff. And I feel like at so this can I push back a little season, bit because I learn from your, the dumb stuff. Hopefully. I want your answer to that because I think this is I think this is the crux of the whole season. This is crucial to the whole season. So I'm going to hijack your show and ask you a follow-up, interrupt you and ask you a follow-up question. Do you have a reasonable belief or some reason to believe that the, what you consider dumb shit that led to the lows is not going to repeat itself? I think that's the crux of the, I think that's the most important question of the season. I think so too. I I completely agree that that is the kind of unanswerable, right? We won't know until those opportunities present themselves. And, you know, like right now I've seen some people kind of um, get nervous about like the amounts of time that three guards have spent on the court together. And it's like, well, the Lakers are missing Max. They're missing Cam. They're missing Vando. Vando probably isn't coming missing back. Missing LeBron. Like, yeah. It's like it's kind of circumstantial, right? Those guys are spending so much time out there together on the court that, like, hopefully, hopefully, no, for sure. And that's like that's why I'm saying it is that like you know Darwin does have those tendencies and and done does have those um, inclinations, and so we'll see. But um, I do think here here's why, Aaron. Here's why I have some optimism on this front. Knock on wood. And this me having optimism doesn't normally go. Well. <laughs> so, imagine my surprise. <laughs> um, excuse me. But um, here's a quote from Rui last night. This is from uh, at Michael Corvo NBA. Rui Hachimura on the Lakers it's finding post-game, their identity. Right? Yeah, postgame. Yep. Yeah, postgame. Yep. Um, quote, I've been telling him, like, this is who we are. We've been trying a lot of different things, lineups, all this stuff. But this is the lineup we had in the playoffs. This is who. This is how we won. So you know, it's that simple. Okay. So and, wait. Can I, wait. Can can you? Uh, the the first sentence. I the way you read it. I want to know if it was because I heard it. I haven't seen the 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 text, the transcript of it. Did you? It sounded like you said this is what I've been telling him. Did you say M, him or M, M like, like them? Okay. See, that's yeah. a that that's an important distinction. Yes. Okay. Well, I would hope people are telling him too. No, because of- <laughs> no, because if it's him, this is what I've been telling him. It would seem like that is more directed at a single person. Well, I'm not going to say who that is, and you guys can guess at that. And you're probably going to have a good guess, but well, but here's my thing though. Them. I've yeah. done reporting on this. 
those guys have told him this all season. They had that back and forth at film room where those guys aired it out and said, why aren't you relying on us? You know? So he knows the that they've, they have been frustrated about this, right? Do you <laughs> like, have, he knows. I know you're not feeling well. Do you have uh, 10 minutes in you so I can go to the store and get some Hennessy and come back and pour myself one? How long can you filibuster? I don't have Hennessy with me at the house in the other room. It seems yeah. like I might need some. Um, but no, like, like look, it, we have had, we have had, um, you know, in this case, a more direct quote about those things. We have had indirect quotes. We have had compliments of other coaches from those guys, like all season. And, and, you know, again, the amount of information that I have reported on this and also their actions, right? Like, I don't think it's a coincidence. A, I think it helps that those guys fit well. And it's like a talented group of basketball players. And I think those guys are, are good enough. And we saw this last year that they were, they were capable of going on a run when they play together, but also, like you actually watch them and it's night and day, the amount of focus on detail, the engagement, the, you know, running the spots, understanding where you should be on a basketball court, understanding where the other guy is going to be on a basketball court, the types of passes that, that Austin is throwing right now, he's put on a pretty sick little highlight reel recently of these no look passes and stuff. And you know, like you can do that when you are confident in where your guys are going to be, right? You don't throw, you don't add a little extra something, something on, on a pass when you are just finding out where that player is. Right. And, and I, I, you know, I, we've all season had, um, you know, a ton of reminders casually sent directly sent indirectly sent, however you want to put it in Darvin Ham's direction. Like, Hey man, like we've been here all season. And so I, I do think that like he has kind of run out of things to try and run out of ways to screw this up. And that's why I think I'm I'm actually fairly optimistic so long as everybody stays healthy that this is a this can be their identity here moving forward. And so long as they keep on winning, there's no reason to change up that um that 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 uh that the approach that they have had recently. They they're what? They're the starting five has been <laughs> Aaron is going so all right. So for those of you who can't see our comments. Tommy Bacon Puffins asks uh, Aaron to put on his hat normally. Yeah, no. Aaron says no. Yeah, <laughs> Aaron hasn't listened to any of the points that I've made the last two minutes. I have been. He... <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> All this is going on without unnamed cognac. No. Um, but no, I, that is why I think that um, I'm actually fairly optimistic that those lows and the dumb stuff that led to those lows are somewhat behind us um, so long as the circumstance doesn't force more of that dumb stuff, stuff upon us. And and look, Brandon um, Omeng, I'm hoping I'm saying your name correctly, um, top eight to nine if all are healthy for a playoff rotation. Do you think if everyone is healthy, Max and Cam crack that playoff rotation? That is a big part of that identity. identity. So, Aaron, uh, what do you think on that front? Uh uh, no, I think is the answer. Um, well, I mean, let's, let's, let's run through it, but no, I think, I think no is the answer, um, for the playoff rotation. If all eight or nine and like, once you really get into playoff games, nine is pushing it. Uh, so eight is the real thing. Nine is kind of pushing it. And some guys like shout out Tibbs in New York. 
I mean, Tibbs is only going to basically play his starters anyway, but I mean, he may go seven and it might, it might get shrunk down to six, but yeah, the eight or nine it's, I mean, and here, like to your point earlier about who is the, who are going to be the starters. And if the, to use your words, dumb shit is going to be avoided going forward. It seems right now, like the starters are, I mean, who knows what's going on with Vando. If Vando is healthy in playoff time, he will be in that eight or nine, but we're getting some mixed signals. I would say I don't really anticipate Vando playing again this year. So let's put him aside for now. So as of right now, it's D'Lo, Austin, Rui, LeBron, and AD is the five. So let's come up with three to four more. And are those going to include Max and Cam? No. Will it include maybe one of those two? Maybe. I'm not even sure we're getting one of those two because Torian's going to play. Anthony, you're muted. Torian's going to play. Torian's going to play. Spencer's going to play. And I would think that one of the backup bigs, uh, whether that's Jackson or Christian Wood is going to play, that's eight already. So you're not going to get Max and Cam out of that because that's already eight. So if Vando's back, he is in that mix. There's nine if he's not. I've so the Gabe question becomes less of a thing now with Spencer. So who's going to be the ninth guy? Because you're not gonna you're not gonna play ten guys in a playoff series. Um, will that I, I don't mean, think will that be Max or Cam? My rotation at all? Like I, know, I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be, especially yeah. with Spencer. I don't like. I don't think he's going to be. right. So, I mean, still there is a, a not a little bit. There is a lack of perimeter. Uh, point of attack defense with that group but that is kind of baked in and inherent now without vando and probably without gabe how about probably without vando and probably without gabe yeah you're just not going to be able to guard people on the perimeter um so like if you want to say those are the eight and then for the ninth spot that it comes down to cam who's not healthy and max who's also presently not healthy my personal pick would be I would choose Max, but Darwin has shown us that Cam is his choice, or at least has been his choice so far between those two. Yeah, I think I think at this point, you know, and just in terms of like analyzing their full seasons, I think Max has outplayed Cam. Um I think Max is a better player than Cam. And has more of a future with the organization than I don't disagree with any of those things, but that's not the ultimate question. Well, I know, I know. And well, but that's that's the thing though, is that like if it comes down to it, I could see Darwin going back to Cam, but I could also see over the course of the last like couple months of the season, Max again, you know, making it clear in the opportunities that he gets that he's just better at this than Cam is. And I think I would hope eventually that that um darvin kind of wakes up there um but yeah either way you're talking about the ninth guy in the rotation so you're talking about a guy who isn't going to get a a whole bunch of time um and and i i you know this is where the spencer edition um you know this is kind of the only downside to it is that it is going to eat into opportunities for max but 
we have seen Spencer look really good for the Lakers so far. No, but there's like, another piece to it. And Rob and I talked about this a lot leading up to it and asking my opinion of if I thought. It, Rob who? I, you want to you specify this? No, a person okay. named Rob. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, Williams? You, you were talking to, to, to Time Lord? No, because he is still a player on the Portland Trailblazers. So, no. So that'd be tampering. So, it's not him. Yeah, I'm trying to think not, of other mobs that are not. in our universe that I could be thinking. Um, well, maybe it'll come to me. Maybe. So, like, put, put, uh, Gabe, no, I don't want to say put Gabe aside, but, but in talking about Gabe, like, Gabe was very specifically brought in to be a backup point guard and has played, I don't know, what is it, five games or something this year. And, there isn't another there are other players on the team that can dribble as a secondary thing right lebron is an incredible playmaker led the nba in assists a couple years ago austin's a combo guard austin's can facilitate some and can dribble here and there but that's not the thing he does the lakers have not had other than delo a thing that like you are nominally and functionally a point guard other than just delo so in putting Gabe aside for a second here, I, that was a lot of the reasoning for for uh, Spencer because that's a dude that just... So um, um, I guess my point is, and you're saying one of the maybe downsides in bringing in Dinwiddie is that he takes away minutes for Max. Maybe, but they serve very different roles because Max is not initiating offense and putting the ball on the ground oh, totally. and getting other people involved. So. But there are only so many backcourt minutes. Is yeah. No, no, you're you're completely right about that. That and that's a fair thing. I just I don't think I wouldn't. And I'm not saying you're doing this. I would just caution against like pitting the two of them as it's either Max or it is Spencer, because yes, they are both guards, but they fill and there are only a certain number of backcourt minutes, but they fill very different roles. Yeah, look, I have not understood all of the like you know, pseudo concern over the, the Dinwiddie edition. Um, I, again, I, I say this as somebody who doesn't like the, the, the three guard lineup approach that Darwin likes to take and him mentioning three guard lineups. Like as soon as the Lakers brought in Dinwiddie, um, obviously, you know, made me, maybe made me like Joker chuckle, you know, essentially. But, um, but at the end of the day, the Lakers needed more talent, more NBA talent on their roster. Spencer yep. Dinwiddie, I've said this before, might honestly be one of the most talented players ever to be available on the buyout market. Like, I'm not kidding. Normally on the buyout market, uh, you do not get guys like him where he was just a $20 million-ish uh, player. Next year, he's probably going to be like a 10 to $15 million player next season. Um, he is a starting caliber guard. Um, now starting caliber probably on like a, on like a bad team, but still starting caliber. I mean, I think he's the best backup point guard in the NBA probably. Yeah. As it stands right now, I would, yeah, yeah, he's, he's totally overqualified, I think to be a backup. And I think he's underqualified to be a starting guard on, on a good team, but like still like given and Aaron, you had already logged off or you had already jumped off the um, show when this was on the uh, the the deadline show that we did. We we, we recorded like an hour together and then mm -hmm. I was um, by myself for the second hour. And when the report came out that Spencer Dinwiddie was getting bought out um, or waived, even more importantly, I think waived, 
Because once he gets waived, he keeps all of his money for this season. Like, it was one thing for them to work out a buyout and then him to take exactly as much money as um, he was going to get um, bought out. And normally that means that the team that has the most to offer just always gets that player. But in this case, because he was flat out waived and didn't have to worry as much about making up money this season, that I think gave the Lakers a bit of an advantage. But when that happened, and specifically when I saw that he was waived, to those who were watching live, they saw me like kind of struggle with recollecting my thoughts because I knew I had to get on the phone as soon as I possibly could to figure out um, the Lakers chances at getting him. I knew that they were going to pursue him, but I needed to know how confident the Lakers were going to be um, at getting him. And, um, and lo and behold, you know, throughout that process, even though I think some of that optimism and some of that um, confidence waned a little bit, um, in the, in the day, I would say leading up to Spencer going to the Lakers game. But once he went to the Lakers game, sat there with Rob, went back to the locker room. I believe it was a dumb deal, done, done deal, um, without doing anything illegally. So, uh, I, I, but anyway, it, it, the reason I knew that the Lakers were going to be interested is because we know that Palinka really likes pedigree and we know that he is going to, he's, he's, He's a bargain shopper, man. Like I'm, I'm the same way. I love going to Nordstrom Rack and seeing what I could find over there, and <laughs> and and uh, you know, in, in this case with with uh, with Dinwiddie, he has fit really well, and I think he's really helped with the floor that the Lakers have. Where um, I thought last night, D'Lo dished out se- uh, 17 assists, and in that that in and of itself is a very good game. But I didn't think like it was one of those games that like you're looking at his numbers like wow, he's really doing that. Cause I never really felt like he was playing that well, but it didn't really seem to matter. And he was able to get himself into a rhythm because Dinwiddie helps make up for that when D'Lo is still trying to find his game and the Lakers don't look terrible in those stretches where D'Lo is trying to find his game or when D'Lo sits because Dinwiddie fits so well there and, and understands what, what is uh, needed of him in those spots. So yeah, I really like the Dinwiddie edition. I'm um I I I do believe that they're probably done on the buyout market now because it would require basically waiving a player who has money on their books for next year. Um to to, to bring in hard, somebody hard cap hard cap. And you have the hard cap, you know, and, and there isn't much flexibility under there. And like the players who are available, I still like Marcus Morris, but like I understand the Lakers not wanting dead money on their cap next year. Um, just for the sake of having Marcus Morris go there and fight somebody if need be. But yeah, I, I think uh, I, I, I still <laughs> that guy, that guy might actually need to enter like a, uh, you know, a therapy program like Draymond was in, even though it, it didn't seem to really help with, <laughs> with Draymond. And he doesn't exactly seem all that uh, interested in, in, in apologies for his behavior earlier. But, but yeah, I, Anyway, the 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 what I wanted to ask you though, with this new kind of identity identity in tow, would you be willing to put the Lakers back up into that kind of tier that they were at heading into the season? No, no. I mean, again, I told you that I thought that uh, the West was Denver, and then the following tier was the Lakers, Suns, and Warriors in whatever order you want. I thought they were two, three, four, in whatever order you want. And I still, no way you still feel that way. Those guys aren't in the, in the playoffs, in the playoffs. 
You you have you have those. I those still teams trust ahead the, of oh, Minnesota. How about, how about I still trust. OKC, yes, I still trust the Suns. Ahead of the Clippers, that's the crazy. Suns and now the Clippers are a different matter. But again, like now Kawhi has started his annual "Is Kawhi going to play?" thing. Yeah. Um. So no, if the if. By the right, way, so, everybody covering yeah. the Clippers, no, Kawhi shouldn't be an MVP candidate. Stop it! God dang it! Every I mean, time the Clippers or Celtics do anything whatsoever, like everybody in the media hyperventilates to 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 congratulate the Clippers and the Celtics on on cap sheet championships every fucking year. <laughs> we we do it every year. How about they win something first, and then we go ahead and 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 congratulate them and clap them on the butt. Let's let's like like let's let's let them like actually survive an actual season before we do that. So am I willing to put the Lakers back up where I had them before the start of the year? No. No is the answer to that. Um, I think that the – no. I mean, no is the, is the answer. Um, again, I, I had Denver number one, and I had the Lakers, Suns, and Warriors in whatever order you want, two, three, four. I thought they were in the same tier, Denver a tier ahead. I think that now the Clippers belong in a really close tier. Um, but if you're asking me, do I still trust that tier? Suns, Lakers, Warriors. I still trust that entire tier more than I trust Minnesota. I would still pick each of them in a series against Minnesota. I would pick the Lakers in a series against Minnesota. The one thing that gives me pause about Minnesota is Minnesota is enormous and that can cause some problems for the Lakers who are trying to just be bigger and badder than, than other teams. You know, as, as you've mentioned with the Rui now with Rui now starting, I think OKC is better than Minnesota and better than the Lakers and Warriors, the Suns. I don't know. Um, but OKC is so tiny that I think the, the Lakers have advantages in that series. I'm not ready to put the Lakers back in that tier, like whatever the tier is right behind Denver, but it wouldn't shock me if the Lakers got back to the to the Western Conference Finals. Would it surprise me? Yes, but it wouldn't shock me. But no, I'm not ready yet to. Again, like you, you are what your record says you are, and the the West this year, at least so far by record, is so much more difficult than than in the West last year. The teams are so much better. I was watching until I until I realized that Dallas the game was good. Until I realized that the game was on uh, ESPN. Um. Until I realized that the, the the Warriors and Clippers games was on ESPN here in LA after I watched the Lakers game here in LA, the, the option was the Clippers broadcast. Shout out my guy, Jim Jackson. But they had a stat. They put a stat up early in the first quarter. They put a stat up that was, or later in the first quarter, comparing this year's Western Conference to last year's Western Conference. And if you go one through, if you go one through, I guess it was, I think six, one through six, the teams that were were out of the play-in this year compared to last year, every team this year, the record was so much better, right? And as a point yeah. of reference, the, the Kings at Valentine's Day yesterday, the Kings have the same record this year as they had last year. Last year, they were the three seed on Valentine's Day. Yep. This year, they're the eight seed. So yeah. that also concerns me, right? Is Am I willing to put the Lakers like, back where I thought they had them, where I had them in uh, before the season, coming into the season? No, because the West is so much better. One of the reasons is the West is so much better. 
I here's how I would put it. I agree basically with your overall point. The way that I would put it, though, is that like if we were to remember back in the day in like the 90s, they used to have quarterbacks all line up and and like throw the ball as far as they possibly could. Right. Like Brett yes. Favre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did, it, was a, uh, it was it was at um at the, the Pro Bowl. Yeah. No, they would do a Pro Bowl. They would do like the quarterback competition at the Pro Bowl. They would they would throw a football with uh, like the blue chalk on it to hit these. Moving yeah, targets. The, the bullseye. Yeah, ones. And then they would yeah. throw it as far as they could and they put the flag in the ground at 74 yards. Right. Um, and yeah, Brett Favre won it every year because he just had just a freaking cannon of an arm. Um, but um, if we were to do that, basically, with Western Conference teams, I think Denver still throws the ball a good like four or five yards further than everybody you're else. Saying, yeah, they're, yeah, you're, you're saying their fastball is better, right? They're like their yeah. best pitch is better than it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the Lakers best pitch or the furthest that they could throw a football is as far as anybody who isn't the Nuggets is how I would put it. Like, I think the Lakers could play as good a game as anybody in the conference. Now, can you sustain that over the course of a seven game series? You know, that's a different thing. So that's the thing. And you sustain it over like the last few months as the Lakers try to get out of the play in like Christian Wood, like came out and said their goal. Their basically team wide goal is to get out of the play in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Can they do that? And can they throw the ball as far as they possibly can often enough to do that? You know, that's a different question. But, but like, I, I do think the, the Lakers uh, the, are capable of Uncle playing Rico? as good a basketball as anybody other than Denver. You're doing Uncle Rico, you throw it, <laughs> throw it over the mountain. Jen always calls me that. No, I'm kidding. But, but like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I like largely agree with you. Um, Again, and the reason why I had, or one of the reasons why I had that second tier, why I had that second tier. And the one thing I do believe about that is I do think the top end of the Lakers, Warriors, and Suns is higher than the rest of the Western Conference. That I still do believe. But other than the Suns, I don't think the Lakers or the Warriors have shown that they can get to their B-plus consistently enough that it's going to matter in the playoffs. I do think, again, though, to your point, though, I do think the Lakers' best pitch, the Lakers' fastball or the Lakers' whatever sports reference you want to use, I do think that the Lakers at their best are there with anybody other than Denver. But then, again, it's a matter of how much can you get to your best. And Denver, for the second year in a row, is showing us that like we don't really care about getting to the highest level as often as we can. Does that mean they can't get there as often as they could last year? Or does that mean that they just don't care like they didn't last year and once the playoffs start that they will get there? I think that's an interesting question. I also kind of think Denver's a little worse than they were last year. They are. Yeah, they are. I think they, they miss Bruce Brown um, more than they thought they would. Uncle Jeff? Yeah, Uncle... Uh, my Jeff, my age, Uncle a Jeff? A little bit, but like... Um, I think, like good. Bruce Brown, like, like, look, man, we saw him go for 20 plus million bucks on the, on the market. And we saw that Toronto was asking for a first rounder this year. I think he's like a legitimate impact player and they lost him for nothing. So and they I, were do, hoping that I do think that if Christian Brown and Peyton Watson and those guys would step in for him. And I, I just don't think they're as good as he unfortunately, I, I, I think that the Clippers are still to be heard from, uh, you know, pending Kawhi, yeah. which is always the question. And that's why James I Harden, James Harden tends to melt down in the playoffs, but I do think that the Clippers are still to be heard from in this playoffs. But outside of that, like if you told me that, like, let's say if you told me that Denver is the one seed 
like like last year, if you say Denver's the one seed and it's Minnesota and OKC are the two three seeds and the Lakers and Warriors are six seven in some combination like they were last year and they both win again against two three, I'd be like, I mean, I guess so. That's not shocking. Yeah. So I do think I do think the Lakers have an opportunity to make beat anyone basically except for Denver again. Um, but I don't right now because the Lakers have not consistently gotten to their B or B plus level often enough for me, I would not, I do not have the Lakers in the same tier. I had them going into the year. Yeah. And, and like, that's to be expected. Like I said, I don't disagree with like the overall point that I wouldn't put them back where they were last year. I, I would say though that like, now that now that Darvin Ham has messed around enough and found out, I think we have we 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 you know a lot of that is kind of behind us. Um, let's wrap this thing up on on this God King uh, God King Tony Clifton says I came here to hear about Kendrick Perkins. He also I don't, says what, what did he say? <clears throat> I'm struggling to find Dre GM uh, discourse this week, and um, I did enjoy. Hold on, this is the only perk I'm familiar with. I mean, I know perk, but. Last night, I, again, I said I switched over to the ESPN broadcast to so the Clippers broadcast when I found it after the Lakers game last night. And at halftime, Perk, in talking about PG-13 playing without uh, his performance without Kawhi, said he couldn't even play dead in a Western movie. So <laughs> I found that could be hilarious. But I, there's now a couple people in the chat asking about Perk. So I don't. what did he say specifically this time? Because I assume it's so not essentially. That. I guess he went on Pat McAfee's show and said that a superstar. Today? Uh, yeah, today. Okay. All right. Yeah, I haven't seen. Um, I don't listen. I, I've I've never McAfee's that, that, that kind boy. of content. Is, <laughs> that a boy for, me. for you? Yeah. It, it, it doesn't really. You and me both, brother. You know, like I could I could stand up here. Like I feel like a McAfee like impersonation is so easy, right? You just like. Yeah. Where's your what? Where's your where's your cutoff? Yeah. There you go. Where's your and yeah and like what do you think? What do you think about football? And you, then what? you also are you are you a, are you a, a football fan? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I anyway, I, I guess he went on uh, McAfee's show and um and said that the Lakers just have to get through the season apparently, and a superstar is on the way, and I guess heavily implied about Trey Young. We had Mark Stein earlier this week talk about the Trey Young stuff specifically and the amount of noise and smoke swirling around Atlanta after some of the conversations that GMs had with uh, Atlanta this year. Um, we have the Lakers holding on to their 2029 draft pick, right? And, um, you know, keeping it and, and, and keeping that powder dry for the possibility of a superstar coming available um, in this upcoming summer. So you have all of that going on while all of that has gone on. You had the golden state warriors ownership, apparently reach out to the um, to Lakers ownership to Jeannie bus and ask about a LeBron James swap. And I guess Draymond green, got involved and tried to get rich Paul to convince LeBron to okay such a thing and push for such a thing, which I find super fascinating because that is like such a 
you know, turn table, you know, tables turning type of effect on, on how that relationship typically goes, where Rich Paul normally asks other clutch clients about doing stuff that would benefit LeBron. Um, So that was something that league personnel that I've, I've talked to recently have been like, Hmm, I wonder how that felt. Um, So you had that going on. Um, All of it was kind of a nothing sandwich to be completely honest. I, I, you know, at no point this, uh, this uh, deadline season, did I ever think that the Lakers were going to trade LeBron? Um, that is my own speculation at first. And then I asked around about it and was told like, definitively, I'll, I'll absolutely not. I'll help, I'll help you out here. LeBron was not getting traded ever for anything, period. End of discussion. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so you had, you had all that going on or whatever. And, and again, like this kind of, I think gives us a bit of a, a an ugly look into the way that the business goes where seo kind of runs the day mm-hmm. and in terms of search i would also like to point out by the way i would like to point out by the way that the lakers and warriors play the first game out of the break and i'm not saying it was to generate some conversation about the lakers and warriors playing the first game out of the break but i'm also not saying it's not about that yeah i i mean like well so that's the thing though is that like I, all right it was a relatively quiet deadline period, right? You always have a bit of a lull coming out of the deadline, mm-hmm. going into all-star break. And then certainly after the all-star break is kind of like the doldrums of the NBA season. Mm-hmm. And again, you look back on like, you know, kind of the point of NBA media nowadays is to drive traffic and you drive traffic through search engine optimization, right? SEO. and Lakers trade rumors, Warriors trade rumors, LeBron James uh, trade rumors, LeBron James, Stephen Curry, and all of these headlines and all that. And eventually we got right. like the Knicks in there as well, right? And, and it was Sixers, a, yeah, the Sixers, yeah. Daryl Morey. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Daryl Morey. And, and it was like Joel the Embiid, smorgasbord yeah. of, of SEO words and keywords and stuff mm-hmm. like this. And I think at the end of the day, like, to be completely cynical about it. Um, it was a nothing sandwich that was propped up to be more than it was because everybody knew that that was going to drive a shit ton of traffic. Like that, <laughs> you just knew that that was going to do the type of work that it did. Yes. LeBron was never getting traded. Anytime anybody that does what you and I do for a living, my non team stuff, my content stuff, your content stuff, or if you're a writer or an insider or whatever, the four most powerful words or phrases um, in the English language for NBA people are Los Angeles Lakers, Taylor Swift, Warriors, LeBron James, Beyonce. So anytime you get to include all four of those at once, like that's, that's a, that is a word click orgy like that you're going to. And I'm not saying they're lying, right? Because there's obvious reporting in in that story from from Woj and Ramona. I think. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Like, like no, they're not. I don't happened. think they're lying, but yeah. I I think it's it's nothing. LeBron was never getting traded. The fact that teams called about LeBron has nothing to do with like the thought that the Lakers are in some place where LeBron might be vulnerable. Nonsense. Yeah. Every time, look, every player in the NBA gets asked about. 
every team has a conversation with every other team multiple times a week. People are talking about LeBron and Steph and asking about Giannis and, oh, is Giannis going to go, oh, Luca, what is he thinking these days? Is he available? Hey, Mavs brain trust, do you want to trade Luca? No. Okay, cool. I'll check back with you in three days and we'll ask the same question again. Every player in the NBA gets talked about. I agree with you. This is much ado about nothing other than it's an obvious driver of clicks and content and, and searches because it includes four phrases, Los Angeles, Lakers, Golden State Warriors, LeBron James, Steph Curry. There you go. Yeah. And they play the Um, first game out of the break. I, you know, this has been reporting and I can, I can confirm all of it. The Lakers want LeBron to retire a Laker. LeBron wants to retire a Laker. Yes. He likes his life in LA. He likes the fact that, um, you know, he can do his look like people mock it or whatever. And they say that this is the only reason he is a Laker. If that was the case and he would be a Clipper. Um, But he likes being able to conduct his, his off court business stuff in LA right there as well. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's going anywhere. So, well, he's um, not going anywhere. Uh, no, we, uh, we don't have to think about it. He's not going anywhere. LeBron is going to be a Laker, period. End of discussion. Um, and the thought that, like, the only reason why LeBron wants to be in L.A. is... Well, okay. 85%? Maybe that's an exaggeration. 65 or 75% of the NBA lives in Los Angeles in the offseason. Everybody yeah. lives in Los Angeles when they can live. That's why in those Los UCLA Angeles. runs are so like well Correct. known. Correct. Um, so LeBron's not going anywhere. LeBron was never getting traded. I understand why this was a story, and it you know I mean it's like the confluence of all the most uh, influential and interesting and inflammatory things in the NBA. LeBron, Steph, the Warriors, the Lakers, Joel Embiid uh draymond green like it's all like it again it's like a, it's like a talking point it's an seo orgy to use yeah. your phrase and my phrase combined it means seo orgy um we'll go here anthony do you think uh, three you. first pick swaps and austin is enough for trey or donovan mitchell i feel like even that would be outbid by either new york team so here's where it gets a little tricky right because <clears throat> you're talking about picks that are going to convey after LeBron is a Laker. And so in and of itself, like that's going to make those picks really valuable. But if during those years, you now all of a sudden have Donovan Mitchell and Anthony Davis potentially playing together, that makes those those picks a little bit less valuable potentially. So you have that going on. Um, The other part of this is that a lot of times when these stars get, uh, when these stars get made available in trades or make themselves available in trades, they do have their preferred destinations and they can guide themselves certain places. I do think that uh, Kendrick Perkins is very well plugged in with Clutch and um, is very close with a lot of participants in Clutch business. And when he like really heavily um, intimates that uh, Trey Young is going to be a possibility for the Lakers. I think it's worth listening to because Trey Young is a clutch guy. And again, uh, Kendrick Perkins is very much plugged into that kind of world and that part of the NBA's kind of culture. 
So I think that is worth talking about. Would the Lakers get outbid for some of these guys? Potentially. But um, I'll, I'll say this. From what I've heard, the market on Trey Young isn't as bountiful as like you would normally think. There's a lot of question as to whether or not like he can be the guy. And so essentially, and then and then if he isn't going to be the guy, how well is he going to get along with your guy? Because he has not typically gotten along with NBA players particularly well. And there's a lot of noise to like how difficult his camp has been to work with. So um, there's there's a lot of stuff to all of this. Uh, I understand why the Lakers kept their their draft capital dry for the chance at this. But I also personally would just prefer that that draft capital gets utilized to upgrade the the supporting cast so much as it is to to go out and get a star. But um, Aaron, you know, as far as as far as like the like, what's the math on those post LeBron picks? Right. They're heavily sought after because there's a lot of people who want to basically short the Lakers after LeBron is gone. That said, mm-hmm. there's also like if if the Lakers use that draft capital on a third star who would like play, you know, with AD after LeBron is gone, how valuable can those picks be? Like, is that how, how do people do the math on that? If you were in, you know, if you were in an, a different organization and you were looking at the Lakers as a possibility of a trade partner, how would you do the math on on those post LeBron picks. So yes, they are the 29 pick was highly sought after. Um, and to be fair, if I was a, if I was a rival executive, let's say that, um, since Kobe or even in the last few years of, of Kobe's career up until now, the Lakers have been pretty bad other than LeBron. So, I understand, um, as you say, shorting the Lakers. Um, that so I, I would. I mean, it is a highly sought after asset, or those will be highly sought after assets. However, there was also an understanding around the league that the Lakers just kind of always get somebody, always get yeah. a guy or some guys, right? Anthony Davis or, um, and you mentioned earlier the. Because uh, I saw I saw in the chat and it's it's correct right like the the Nets maybe I'm not as concerned about the Nets but the Knicks could probably outbid the Lakers <clears throat> as far as draft capital that they have available in the next star that only works though if to your point if insert star player X who's worth all of that draft capital that the whoever could outbid the Lakers for if that person says or makes no preference about where they go or doesn't have the juice to leverage where it is they want to go whether it's the juice from being having that kind of profile within league or whether it's juice from holding their pending free agency over possible suitors like oh you can trade for me but I'm not re-signing I mean frankly like what AD did so uh here's what i'll say i'm not going to mention any of the names there were names i guess that that perk talked about or a name that perk talked about i've seen some names in the chat i'm not going to mention any of them specifically but what i will say is that one of the part of the calculus for the lakers at the trade deadline was to see if waiting until 
the draft in 2024 when the Lakers will have three first round picks to at their disposal to trade. If it made more sense to wait until then to see what next superstar or player that was better than who was available at the deadline shakes free. And yes, I've heard a couple of names mentioned in the chat. Fine. You can run with those names, but the one thing about the NBA is it always changes. So even like fans in the chat, maybe the name that you're thinking of hasn't been thought of yet, or maybe uh, who was actually becomes available. You guys don't know about there's more information around the league than fans have. And even if it's information that around the league doesn't have yet, these things change all the time. So it may be somebody that people in the league don't know about fans don't know about Woj and Shams and whoever don't know about that. Their situation changes with their team a week from now, a month from now, five months from now. And so it was definitely was a consideration for the Lakers to be prepared to be in the conversation for the next time a third star shakes loose. Victor Wimanyama, it is. Looking forward to it. Um, all right. He's going to have is, a quadruple. Uh, by the way, he's going to have a quadruple double at some point. He, like, thinking about what he's capable of in the next couple of years is legitimately terrifying. Like, legitimately, like, he's, good Lord, he's this good. guy. He's good at basketball. Yeah. All right. That is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lounge. Um, I am going to see if I have a voice left over for tomorrow uh, to do a happy hour and do a uh, do a Q&A for tomorrow's episode um, to send us off into the all star break. So keep uh, an eye out for that. Subscribe so that that is the best way to know that you won't miss it um, if and when we we, we actually do the thing. Um, but Aaron, thank you very much for, for making time for us. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing in advance. Please do subscribe, like, review, share, all of those things. And uh, we will be back tomorrow. So that was Aaron Larsoul. I am Anthony Irwin. This has been the Lakers Lounge. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. And I will talk to you manana. <laughs>